Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the eighth episode of the Knicks Community Podcast. I'm your host, Aiden Donahue, and today I just want to talk about my wishes for this offseason and just recapping the NBA Finals and just sharing my thoughts on it. So I'll start with the NBA Finals first because I have a lot to talk about the offseason. That's what I'm going to really mainly center this episode around today. But for right now, I just wanted to briefly touch on the NBA Finals. Man, oh man, what performances from both teams. Um, Jimmy Butler, I'll first <clears throat> talk about. Wow. I mean, his mentality and his way of playing the game, it reminds me of Kobe Bryant. You know, I mean, Jimmy Butler's a guy where he's going to say, no matter what challenges come my way, bring it on. You know, I'm not scared of you. And like, you know, it's just nothing can phase him from, <clears throat> from, um, I guess, achieving goals and victories and wins. And, you know, I, I know Knicks fans probably are, are like, oh, but you know, we didn't draft him and we missed a, we we missed out on him in the draft. But guys, we drafted Amon Shumpert. Like, there there was way worse draft picks that have happened um, in recent years that are way worse than missing out on Jimmy Butler. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, you know, we could just say that, you know, we we missed out on um. Michael Porter Jr., you know, and we drafted Kevin Knox, right? We can all agree that that wasn't necessarily a good trade from the way Kevin Knox has been performing throughout his career. But, you know, in my honest opinion, <clears throat> excuse me, in my honest opinion, I think that I'm going to give Kevin Knox one more year just because I really want to see how he does under Thibodeau. And I really want to see how Tibbs can, you know, mentor all of these players and so on and so forth. Um, but back to the finals. <clears throat> Jimmy Butler played 47 minutes one game and only rested for 48 seconds. That is crazy that the guy didn't even rest for a single minute. That's insane. I mean, my respect for Jimmy Butler has already has always been very high, but it freaking it went all the way up to the stratosphere after what I saw from him from him not only for throughout the season but throughout the bubble. I mean, the Miami Heat were underdogs, and you know, I think people really just realized um, how underrated the other pieces of their team are. You know, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo. Um, I mean, their team is built for the future, and if they can reach the finals this early in that process, that is a very, very positive sign for Miami Heat fans. Um, and on to, on to the Lakers. I mean... As a Knicks fan, I'm so happy that J.R. Smith and Jason Kidd won a championship. I mean, it's great to see former Knicks win because, 
it, it just reminds me of everything that they accomplished when playing in New York. And, um, you know, it's just nice to see um, them have success. I mean, JR, <clears throat> JR and Jason Kidd, were v- I, I really liked how they played for us back in 2013 when we made that huge playoff run and um, Chris Copeland was on the team. Shout out to Chris Copeland. He was just on this podcast. We did, we had a great time. We had a great time. Great interview. Um, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, basketball fans and everywhere, you're going to love it. Uh, shout out to Copeland again for uh, joining me. Thank you. Um, and, you know, it just... It just makes me happy to see um, Knicks, former Knicks players, win championships and, you know, make it as far as they have even to the finals. Um, And I I read some crazy statistic that was really interesting to me um, where every NBA finals, there's been some former Nick in there. Um, And it's crazy that that still is happening with J.R. Smith and Jason Kidd, you know, being on the Lakers. Um, and yeah, it just makes me very ha- happy that um, former Knicks won a championship a couple days ago. And um, anyways, this is a great segue now to the main topic of discussion for this episode. My hopes and dreams for this offseason. Uh, I'll start with the draft. I was recently on the State of the New New York Knicks podcast with Slizzy. Shout out to Slizzy. Thank you for having me on. And I really tried to nail home my reasoning for Obi Toppin to be our pick if he ends up sliding down to number eight. Um, and I briefly touched on it on his podcast, but I think I just wanted to elaborate more on that. And I think that not only is he go would would he bring you know excitement back to the city which is i think what we all need as new yorkers and knicks fans especially um is that he he would also bring and a lot of these players that i'm going to list out tonight are going to be players that i feel like would fill specific needs uh of areas of improvement for our team and help us greatly in those fields. Um, and I think Obi Toppin um, is really going to help us if we draft him. Um, he's really going to help us, you know, offensively and defensively. I mean, you know, if you see what he did in Dayton, I mean, he could shoot, he could drive, he could dunk, he can rebound, he can do anything. He could do everything on the defensive end and the offensive end. And I just think that he would be a really good piece uh, for our team. And if you paired up him and Mitchell Robinson together, whew, that would be scary. Scary in a good way. Um, as I said on State of the Index podcast, uh, I, said, I said it would be a party in the paint. Um, so that's why I would really like it because... Could you imagine all of the highlight plays that that would come from that duo? Man, that would be fun to watch. Um, I hear also that Mark Berman and 
and or Ian Begley, uh, probably both of them, uh, reported that the Knicks are are very heavily considering to trade back in the draft, um, unless James Wiseman or Lamelo or Lamelo Ball fall to eight. Um, these both of those picks, like players like Wiseman or Lamelo, doesn't really make that much sense to me. Um, because it's mainly more Wiseman than Lamelo. Um, we have Mitchell Robinson. Like, we already have a center for the future, so why why do we need to get another one? I mean, I guess may, maybe if they wanted to put him at the four, but, I mean, that would be interesting to see as well, but... I would think that they would get him specifically for the five, but if they were draft very, if they are very high on drafting him mainly to fit him at the four, then that's interesting. But if they're mainly interested in drafting him for, of putting him at the five, then that doesn't really make that much sense because we already have Mitchell Robinson on our team, and you know why would we get a center when we already have why would it, I'll phrase this better. Why would we draft for a center when we already have a center and we're fine at that position? You know, we have Mitch, who I believe needs to just get played more. Um, You know, I understand why they played Todd Gibson a lot, you know, mainly just to be a mentor role and just to kind of like teach Mitch um, the ways of the NBA and so on and so forth. But I think that you start Mitch... Your backup should be Kenny Wooten, and Taj, I guess, could be like a third backup center, maybe mentoring both both Wooten and Robinson at the same time. I don't know, just my opinion on that. Um, and Lamelo Ball is also very very risky, um, mainly because of Lavar, I think. Um, because I think that the what the Knicks don't need right now is negative press. We don't. That's the last thing we need because negative press is what drives away free agents and players away from being interested in coming to play with us. And you know, I think last year's last season is a very good example of this because, um, you know, we had so much negative attention, whether it was from Spike Lee getting thrown out or the everything that happened with Porzingis and how his relationship ended up with Nick's management on his final kind of um moments as a Nick. Um and I got I get into this way more in another episode where I discuss the KD situation when Kevin Durant was stating why he was never really interested in going to New York and how he made that decision as early as like February. And we all know that at the end of January, Steve Mills traded away Porzingis to Dallas. And the fact that Kevin Durant made his mind up in February shows that he wanted to play with Porzingis. Simple as that. And then when Porzingis was traded, his interest just, poof, disappeared. Um, so I, and I, I mean, you know, everything that's been happening with management and you know, lawsuits and Oakley and everything um, last season just really put a negative light on our organization. And 
you know, I think that's a very good reason as to why free agents just didn't want to come. I mean, Kemba Walker, for example, he said that he was very interested in going to the Knicks because he truly believed that they were going to get a big star and that Kemba Walker would want to be paired up with whatever star they get. And that would be an awesome team to watch. That would bring excitement back to the city. And like Porzingis did, make us relevant again in the sports conversation. Um, so I, I really think that LeVar is something we do not need right now on the Knicks. Um, <clears throat> I think that especially a good example of this is um, is when Lonzo was just drafted to the Lakers, right? And we saw how LeVar was with Lakers management and all of that negative press that came along with that in regards to how LeVar was, you know, acting. And it was a whole, whole situation and just a mess. And that's just something that we really don't need as Nick fans and just for the team in general. Um, also, Mark Berman says that... <clears throat> According to an NBA source, the Orlando Magic have interest in Dennis Smith Jr. And, you know, if the Knicks are going to trade down and, you know, discuss talks of trading Dennis Smith Jr. to the Orlando Magic, I would want Markel Fultz. I don't think they're, they, they probably wouldn't, you know, want to trade him away after the amazing season he just had. But I would really like him because. A lot of these players that I'm going to suggest at point guard tonight know how to handle pressure and pressure situations, and they know how to deal with, you know, people that underestimated them. Um, And I'll get more into the other candidates I have for point guard um, a little bit later, but for right now, I would really want to focus on Markel Fultz because, you know, everybody doubted him from, you know, his shooting issues um to injuries and basically just to his overall time as a sixer um and you know i think that if you could get somebody that knows how to handle pressure situations you can mentor the team if marco fultz were to go to the knicks he could mentor our guys and be like this is what i know on how to handle pressure situations because pressure is the number one worry i have with anybody um, wanting to either play for the Knicks or that is currently playing on our team currently. Um, Because I ask this every time I bring on a former Nick or maybe in the near future current Nick. Um, But every time I bring on a former Nick, I always ask, how did you deal with the pressure of New York? And, you know, what was that like for you? Um, mainly because, you know, there's so much pressure that comes with being a Nick, right? There's pressure from us, the fans, and expectations that we have of players. Uh, there's sports writers. Um, you know, that that's huge pressure because, you know, they're, they're releasing rumors about, you know, this team has interest in so-and-so. Like, Dennis Smith Jr. is a perfect example of this. You know, <clears throat> like I said before... Mark Berman says that according to an NBA source, the Orlando Magic have interest in Dennis Smith Jr., right? That would create pressure for Dennis because he's starting to think, 
well, are you going to trade me? What's going on? You know, then he has to put into consideration himself and, you know, family. And um, if he has to move, if he has to, if he has to pack and, you know, ultimately, where am I going to get my next paycheck from, you know, and how am I going to provide for myself and family? Um, So that's, you know, a huge issue. Also, Talking Heads is a great example. Stephen A. Smith. Um, you know, if, if a player is going to play bad on the Knicks, Stephen A. Smith is going to grill you for two and a half hours on first take. Um, so, you know, there's just so much pressure for us, I mean, especially RJ is another great example of this. Um, you know, when we drafted RJ and we missed out on Zion and John Morant, there was huge expectations for RJ and huge pressure. Same with Julius Randle. I'll tie him into this as well. Um, you know, when we drafted RJ, I mean, that was one of the first draft picks I've heard Knicks fans cheer for, you know? Um, and, you know, he's obviously the face of of, of this team for the future. Um, and, you know, when we drafted him, everybody thought he was going to be the next, you know, big thing. And I don't understand why people are saying, oh, he's a bust, he's terrible. Like, guys, he's only played for, like, one season, not even a whole season, because the season halfway got shut down due to the pandemic. And it just doesn't make sense to me how people can get on him so quickly after not even playing a technical full season in the NBA. Like, he has so much room to grow. You know what I mean? Like, he has so much time to just develop into his own player and you know it's just it doesn't i mean that's again that's that 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 it that um goes into my point about fan expectations and fans expecting too much at first right we just like i said before again on the state of the next podcast it's going to be a process. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a couple years. I mean, listen, it's been seven years, right? Since we last got into the playoffs, right? Um, but, you know, I just think that people just kind of need to realize that, you know, it's just going to take time. Look at Philadelphia. <clears throat> I used this same example on State of the Knicks podcast as well. Um, you know, Philadelphia, what is their motto, right? Trust the process, trust the process. That is them telling their fans, listen, this is going to take time. We're not going to become NBA champions in five seconds. You know, it's taken them a couple years to get to where they are years to where they are. You know, it didn't take them five seconds. They didn't drink, you know, um, Michael Jordan's secret stuff in Space Jam um, and then ultimately got superpowers and became an amazing team overnight. No, it took them time to where they got to the place that they are currently at. Just like the same thing's going to happen to us. You know, we're currently still in that time where we're figuring things. We're figuring things out. We've had staff changes, coaching changes roster changes you know we're still making changes to see what fits and what doesn't fit um and speaking of roster changes 
Um, this perfectly segues into who I really would like as our point guard, and that is Fred Van Vliet. Um, you may be saying, oh, but, you know, I want Chris Paul or I want Russell Westbrook. That's that's a completely fair opinion, and I would totally understand why you would want both of those players. Um and I can I can talk I'm sure I I'm sure I'll get into both of them. Um but I think that I would really want Fred because for mainly for longevity. You know, I think Chris Paul and Fred are very similar in the fact that they are both they, they can both, you know, teach our players currently how to deal with pressure and um you know, clutch situations and how to, you know, not let the talking heads and fans, you know, cloud, um, you know, your judgment and, you know, get you to overthink yourself, therefore not playing to the best of your ability when you step out in the court. Um, and I think Chris Paul's on the decline of his career when it comes to age. Um, and I think that Fred, listen, he's won an NBA championship. He knows that He's he can perform very well in clutch moments. I mean, especially when they played the the Warriors in that finals that series. In that series, him and Norman Powell were very very clutch. Um, during those um, I think last couple moments before they won that championship. Um, you know, it's just I think that I would really like Fred because you know he's young. Um, he along with R J and Mitch and everybody pretty much on on our team, still has long ways to go in, in his career, and I think he would be great. I mean, he would get excitement back to the city. Um, he, he could possibly create interest in um, <clears throat> in other players wanting to come to New York, same with Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't want Westbrook because I feel like Westbrook, Westbrook needs to have the ball in his hands at all times. Right, I mean, he's listen. He's proven to have, to be worthy of that, obviously, but I just think that you know I would want Fred or Chris Paul, mainly Fred, you know, because of age, but I would want Fred or Chris Paul over Westbrook because I feel like they're just gonna they're gonna share the rock, you know, they're gonna create opportunities for guys to prove themselves, um, and I just feel like Westbrook is going to be all about you know him getting stats and triple doubles, and. You know, that's just who he is as a player. Um, and I really like watching him play. I think he's a great player um, and a really good talent for the NBA. Um, but I just think that right now for developmental purposes, I would really like either Fred or Chris Paul. Again, mainly Fred for longevity. But but yeah, I mean, I just feel like Westbrook would just kind of harm the development of where we're currently at with our team right now. And um I think he would just need to have the ball in his hands and just it'd be the Russell Westbrook show. You know what I mean? Um, so backup point guard, I really would like Lamar Peters. I think that three guys that we need to utilize this season, Kenny Wooten, Ignis, and Lamar Peters. These three guys are diamonds in the rough for us, guys. If you've seen the way that they've played, um, in the G League, it's been extraordinary to watch. I mean, you know, Ignis leading scorer, twenty points per game. They're having, they're playing him full games, and he call he gets called up to the main roster for like a second. Gets played like not even five minutes, 
and he, you know, he can't produce because he's not getting enough opportunities and enough playing time to really show what he's worth. And, you know, if we do what Westchester's doing, we provide minutes for Kenny Wooten, Lamar Peters, and Ignis, they're going to make something of themselves. They're going to prove their worth on that main roster. Um, and, you know, it's a shame that we couldn't see Kenny Wooten on the main roster right before the season got canceled, canceled because of an injury. But, you know... I think that this season is the time where Thibodeau and that coaching staff, this is arguably one of the greatest coaching staffs we have had in a while. Woodson, Thibodeau, um, you know, Andy Greer, um, and all of the, and Johnny Bryant, uh, Walt Perrin, all of the guys that we have acquired this this season, um, you know, you could really argue that this coaching staff is really going to be really good for us. Uh, for this season and hopefully years to come. Um, but I think that these those three players, Kenny, Ignis, and Lamar, you need to utilize those guys because they're the future. And they've already proven in Westchester that they're NBA ready. Um, I mean, if you look at Lamar Peters' game as well, you know, he's smooth. You know, he can dribble it, break your ankles any day of the week, any time of day. Um and, you know, he could shoot lights out. His vision is incredible. His passing vision is great. His vision of the court where players are um, is just very fun to watch. And I think that, can you imagine if Van Vliet mentored Peters? Um, that would be fantastic to watch. I mean, you know, there's your point guard for the future. You know, once Fred Van Vliet leaves our team, Lamar Peters starting point guard, you know, I could totally see that happening and him being a very good player for us on the main roster. Now, for shooting guard, um, I would really like us to get um, Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, since he's going to be a free agent this year. And um, <clears throat> I think that he can provide, you know, mainly shooting and three-point shooting because I think three-point shooting is obviously a struggle for our players this season we've seen that and I feel like that's probably one of the main reasons as to why Thibodeau really wants to utilize corner threes as a part of his game plan right to really get better at shooting because you know we all know that one of RJ's biggest struggles is you know shooting if you remember at Duke free throw shooting was also a huge struggle for him I mean if he if Zion wasn't there for that rebound when Z when RJ missed that free throw that would have been Duke's season right there. Um, and so I, I I, I saw recently the, that video of RJ's new jump shot and him just banging three after three after three. And that's very promising to see. But if we get um, Bogdanovich next to him, Bogdan can help him even more with shooting and make RJ an even better shooter and also just get us more points. You know what I mean? And just really... Um, fill that area of improvement that we need to improve. Um, so my the roster that I have in mind after saying all of this is Fred Van Vliet at point guard, Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovich at the shooting guard, RJ at the three. I would really like RJ at the three because there's so much competition at small forward in this league. You know, you have Luka, you have Giannis, you have LeBron, uh, Kawhi, uh, you name it, um, anybody. 
And I think that if you put RJ at that position, he's going to evolve more because he's playing harder competition. He's playing players at, you know, he's playing bigger named players and harder players at that position. And he's going to evolve more by, you know, stepping up and realizing how to guard A, the specific player he's playing at that position at that night, and just how to, you know, rise to the pressure of playing against some of the best of the best in the league. And that's why I really would like RJ at the three, because he's playing more harder competition, thus evolving him more as a player and getting him more um, more experience um, of being able to handle himself against big-time players in big-time situations, which is another reason why I would love Fred at the one, because in big-time situations, Van Vliet could say, hey, listen, and then just give him a ton of advice that he takes um, from, you know, from his uh, NBA Finals games against the Warriors. And so we have Van Vliet at the one, Bogdanovich at the two, RJ at the three, Obi Toppin at the four, Mitch at the five, the party in the paint. Um, I think that's a great starting lineup, you know, um, for for starting off next season. Um, I would love it. Um, and you know, I mean, even if you, if you have Chris Paul there instead of Van Vliet, that's still fine. You know, I really like Chris Paul. I loved what he did this year on the Thunder. I mean, everybody doubted him, you know, and, and for him to be able to say, you know, I'm just going to block all the noise and lead my team to the bubble. That's impressive. And that just shows you that he knows how to handle pressure from every from all sides from everywhere and lead his team and be that leader that that the Knicks need right now and i think that's exactly what we need and all of these players that i've listed out tonight Fred Van Vliet um Bogdan Bogdanovic uh Obi Toppin Mitch Robinson Kenny Wooten Ignis Lamar Peters all of these players that i've been talking about tonight are going to fill areas of improvement that we need to improve um, or areas of need that we need to improve might be a better way of explaining that. So yeah, these are my, you know, wishes for the off season and let me know your thoughts. And um, this, I had a great time just kind of ranting and letting my thoughts out about this off season. And uh, thanks guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode 8 of the Knicks Community Podcast. If you guys have any questions that you want me to discuss on future episodes, feel free to DM me at Knicks Community on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you guys so much for the support, and I'll see you guys in the next one.